Hey everybody, I'm Peter, and you may have gotten a little better, but I got a lot better. He's a coward, but now he knows there's something stronger than fear. It's Mike. Hey, together we are Rebels Rebels, the podcast where we explore the Star Wars expanding universe through a deep dive on the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Nailed it. <laughs> um, our guest tonight is a Star Wars blogger and creator of Anakin and his which has been around for 17 freaking years. She's an OG. It's Jen Marie. How you doing? Hey guys. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, oh, I, thank you for having me. I'm curious what the inspiration for Anakin and his angel.com is. Oh yeah. So, okay. After I saw the Phantom Menace in theaters, I was hooked and I loved the relationship that we saw between Anakin and Padme. So I wanted to kind of create a, a little haven for them, but I also wanted it to be a source for news about the upcoming um, movies that were coming out. Nice. So that's kind of where the name came from. But I always tell people like people, you know, ask me, oh, what's your blog? And they tell them the name and they're kind of like, oh, that must be like a chick, <laughs> a chick flick kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, no, it's just it's a general blog. I just, you know, I made it when I was like a teenager. Totally. I like I like safe haven, too. Yeah. I feel like that that relationship yeah. <laughs> is a little bit controversial for uh, Star Wars fans. And, you know what? Live your life. I like that. An, an anime safe haven, if you will. <laughs> That's their ship name, right? Um, yeah. No, it's Annie Dalla. I thought. I've never, it's Annie not Dalla. anime? That seems like anime is low-hanging fruit. I, I, I like Annie Dalla better. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I think I've just always said A slash P, AP. <laughs> I, like I don't know. But there's more creative ones out there, I'm sure. I think I like AP. <laughs> it's an AP class. All right. Yeah. So before we get started, uh, please subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review in iTunes. It helps a ton. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook at Rebels Rebels Pod or email the show at Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com. Uh, all right. Uh, we ready to get into this? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, th so the episode we are talking about today is the final episode of season one. It's episode 14, Fire Across the Galaxy. The crew has to go through many obstacles to save Kanan from the Inquisitor. Yep. Um, and before we jump into the action, I just wanted to point this out. We don't talk about this stuff a lot, but this episode was directed by Dave Filoni. We have spoken before about how he likes to do the good ones. Yep. And I wanted to take a second to talk about Simon Kinberg, which I don't know. Do either of you know who that is? No. I feel like I, I know the name. And once you tell me what yeah. he kind of has done, I'll know. But So I have mixed feelings about him. Very mixed okay. feelings. So um, search your feelings. For <laughs> the, good, <laughs> the good side, for the, for the light side, he did write Spark of Rebellion, Call to Action, and this episode, which are three fantastic episodes. Okay. Um, and he's also a co-creator of Rebels, so I love that. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the other things he does is he is in charge of the newer X-Men properties. So mm. I'm going to list the oh, okay. and he's a producer on those, and he's written a bunch of them. So I'm going to talk about his producing credits. X-Men First Class, okay. dope. Yep. 
X-Men Days of Future Past. Love it. Mm-hmm. The Martian, Deadpool, Legion, and Logan. I love Logan. I think oh, those wow. are all great, right? Yeah. On the other hand, <laughs> his writing credits, X-Men Days of Future Past. Okay. Again, cool. X-Men The Last Stand. Okay. Which is bad. <laughs> Fantastic Four. Ouch. X-Men Apocalypse. Hmm. Not good again. And then Jumper. Okay. Mm. So the reason this worries me. Very mixed. And the reason this worries me is because he is supposed, I think he might be producing and co-writing the new Ryan Johnson trilogy. Really? Really? He might not be co-writing it, but he's definitely producing it. So. Oh, Um, man. I don't know if I want the guy who did Jumper on that. (laughs) Uh, Anakin cameo. Yeah, I know. I love, um, well, I love Hayden Sim. To be honest, and this is a whole different subject, but I'm already mm-hmm. slightly worried about the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, Ooh. based on, is that based on your, I don't want to get too deep into The Last Jedi, but yeah. is that based on you seeing The Last Jedi? Yeah. Wow. Ooh, okay, so really, really quick, because the show's not about it, but I'm super curious. Right. <laughs> what are your overall feelings about The Last Jedi? Okay, so I I love every single one of the Star Wars movies okay. except for Rogue One and The Last Jedi. Mm. I don't love them. I like them. Okay. And I have various This is issues hard for me. Each. I'm torn yeah. cuz I am I'm on record as being a little bit of a Rogue One hater, but I think Oh, really? Last Jedi is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are definitely, and I tell everybody this, there are definitely characters and elements about the film that I absolutely love, but overall, I don't love it as a whole. Mm. It's very, and I, I saw it a second time. I'm going to see it tomorrow again. So, okay. and I did, the second time I saw it, I did like it more. That's so. what I've heard from everyone. You have to watch it a couple of times. Yeah. I felt yeah. weird coming out of my first one viewing as well mm-hmm. it's a very to be fair even if you love it i think you have to recognize that it is a very different star wars movie oh yeah no yeah. it's, it's uh, very different it's the most different star wars movie for sure yeah. um and uh, so follow-up question to that and then we'll move on mm-hmm. do you like attack of the clones better than the last jedi oh <laughs> <laughs> That's why, hard. why are you doing this to her i just uh, i'm not trying to put you on the spot uh, okay i'm assuming you really don't like attack of the Clones. no i don't i don't i i love all star wars films okay mm-hmm. i i am i i'm a i'm a prequel defender like i really am i'm not someone who like i love the prequels i'm not someone who bashes the prequels at all mm-hmm. um but i feel like that's a very deep question but i think the question mm-hmm. i think i think attack of the clones is probably the most hated and i would say yes. it's it's my least favorite of everything that being said i still watch it monthly <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's a wow little, it's a I, even question. i don't do that that's oh, that's yeah. commitment okay so i have one more question before we jump into the episode um mm-hmm. if you had to it if you could wish upon a star what would you hope that ryan johnson's trilogy was about Ooh, that's a heavy question oh um well part of me would want to say you guys have played those games what they're what are they called um oh the Oh, I hope you're about to say what I think you are. Mary. Yeah. Uh, 
The one. No. Oh, I am. This is horrible. Forced Unleashed. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that's a, oh, I love that. I game. wouldn't want him to do it though. You don't want him to do a star a star killer movie. No, I I would want somebody. I I would rather J.J. Abrams do that because I really mm. like J.J. Abrams. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I would want him to do. I would almost sadly I would almost want him to do something that I'm not particularly extremely fond of because then I feel like I might be let down a little bit. So like a yeah. Borgullet movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do you have an answer, Mike? Uh yeah, I, I I want the trilogy I want the Ryan Johnson trilogies to be about the old republic for sure. Like I want them to take the Knights of like the that. Old Republic video game. Yeah. yeah. And like you know, not base it on the video game, but take elements from that because that's a cool era that I would love mm-hmm. to see explored. Yeah, that's yeah. my answer too. I think Mike stole it. I did. Um, I did. You told me that a couple days ago. Actually, I think that's a pretty popular one floating around the internet. So I'm certainly not the well, first I think to it's, say. I think it's a safe zone too, because I don't want to see anything that is adjacent to the storylines going on in the prequels and the original trilogy. I want to be out of that era, and I want to be out of the era of basically any like famous Skywalker. I. I don't want it to be around them. I, I would love to see some in-universe stuff. Like, do you know what I really want? Let's have Ryan Johnson make a trilogy that's like the Anthony Bourdain of, like, parts, <laughs> parts unknown of, like, the Star Wars galaxy. Like, a guy who's just really into food and traveling. Like, today we're going to Camino to Dexter's <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, hope, well, no, it can't be Obi-Wan because they said it's... Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would be mad if he was doing Obi-Wan. Yeah. yeah. I want an Obi-Wan. I think they're going um, to. I mean, standalone or trilogy. Yeah. I, think this I is, really uh, think they are going to, but I wouldn't want Ryan Johnson to do it. I know that. Uh, I, I sound like I'm a Ryan Johnson hater. I'm not a hater. <laughs> no, I don't sound like a hater. <laughs> it's okay. You love Anakin and Padme and you hate Ryan Johnson. We have you on the record. <laughs> <laughs> it's a balance. <laughs> That's what the force is. All right. So... To talk about what we came here to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, the crew is preparing a rescue mission. Yeah. They need to figure out where Kanan is and yeah. what to do about it. Because f- as yeah. we remember, he was kidnapped in the last episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first scene you see is Sabine, um, like, juking some stormtroopers <laughs> and i love this line where one of the stormtroopers is like the artist is back and yes. uh, and then she like goes like too. super parkour all over the place like her par- parkour skills are like pretty wild and i also like mm-hmm. um i like that these stormtroopers are very polite yeah they're like really they, nice. like are shooting at her and then like she pops up and she's like i miss you guys and they stop yeah. like and stop shooting so she can get off her one-liner it's like okay we can shoot again miss me buckethead Yes, you definitely missed me. We have an intruder on the north side, Sector 9. The artist is back. Sound the alarm. You know, that's going to come up a couple times this episode for me. There are really polite stormtroopers in this episode, and I'm gonna I'm gonna point out all of <laughs> okay, them to perfect. you. It makes you feel sad. It does. <laughs> well, because they're really humanized in this episode to me, and I'm like, yeah. you know what? They probably have kids. They're like, maybe they didn't want to work for the Empire. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And I love how like they have a slightly different look from like the stormtroopers that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. They just look yeah. really neat. Yeah. 
Um, bringing up the our pity for the stormtroopers, that reminds me that in the last episode, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> Chopper opens an airlock yeah. and sucks four troopers out into space. Just kills, kill, <laughs> kills four troopers like, yeah. with, without regret. And in doing research for this episode, I was listening to Rebels Recon with Pablo Hidalgo and someone asked him about that and he goes... Well, so, you know, stormtrooper armor is sealed and airtight. Baloney. So, you know, they can survive things like that. But the problem is they don't have a very long air supply. (laughs) So they don't die immediately. They just slowly suffocate to death in space. What is that super anxiety inducing movie where those that woman is caught out in space and gravity? So let's see the gravity movie of with this the, these stormtroopers. Just like four stormtroopers hugging <laughs> yeah. in space. It would be so sad. That would be sad. Yeah. They're like, don't worry, Tarkin will come get us. Little do they know. Um, so there's another thing about this, and I want to point it out. One thing I really hate are like obvious distractions. So like <laughs> Ezra goes, the distraction's working, and like I feel like if I was a stormtrooper and someone popped up and was like, hey, guys, looking for me, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is a distraction. Let's go find what's actually going on. Yeah. But they fall for it and mm-hmm. they're dumb. Yeah. I get- also, another nitpick. Sorry to just jump in. I've, I'm really riled up about this, evidently. Why does mm-hmm. the Empire leave all their keys to all their ships in the cockpits? I know yeah. that's so ridiculous. Whenever anyone like, wants a ship, people don't actually do that. Yeah. yeah, no one ever has done that. <laughs> no, that's silly. Anytime anyone wants a ship, they just jump into the cockpit and just turn the key and just take it. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, this is a galaxy far away and long ago. So maybe this was like the space 1950s when it was like everything. <laughs> like trust your neighbor and like <laughs> space 1950s, <laughs> <laughs> like at Dexter's you know what, one thing, diner. Um, the conclusion to this scene where mm-hmm. everything's blowing up. Yeah. I just, yeah. oh man, I just love the effects Yeah, in the series. Like, they're amazing. Seriously. Like, they look real. Yeah, they're good. They are really good. There is a lot of, like, really, like, you know, I'm being a little cheesy, like, kind of poetic and beautiful moments just in the visuals which I think is like a really good homage to Lucas and his visual storytelling like aesthetic. And mm-hmm. I think Rebels does a good job of taking that um, yeah. and like carrying the torch. Mm-hmm. Speaking of explosions, did you notice, I mean, maybe it's super obvious. The Phoenix. Yeah. I want to yeah. know. And I want to know how the physics of this works. So they steal a transport ship. Yeah. Sabine presumably he she does these flips and while she's doing flips on the top of tie fighters she's mm-hmm. like dropping thermal detonators on them mm-hmm. and so they blow up all the tie fighters that are left and they fly the transport away and they fly through the explosion smoke yeah and then it turns into the phoenix logo yeah so, that is so amazing it is cool but i don't understand like did did the ship flying through it do that or did sabine set up the explosions to do that i think sabine did it okay. yeah because sure. that's not that's just like less realistic yeah. if she hadn't. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Like what's more realistic, that plan or that being happenstance? What yeah. If, well, what if what if it was Ezra? Like Sabine was like, hey, hey, do that thing we practice. And he like uses the force <laughs> to like, he's like concentrating in the back of the ship. He's like, oh, this could be so cool. This could be so cool. <laughs> I don't know, man. If Gandalf can freaking blow a smoke of like a clipper ship out of his mouth, I think Sabine can set up a. Yeah. Yep. They are both wizards. 
you know what i have to bring up too back to like how amazing the explosions look mm -hmm. you know how we get like the art books for the movies yeah, yeah. we need a rebels art book yeah we really do because there are beautiful like moments throughout yeah. all the season where you're just like it's like mind-blowing yeah like far off shots and stuff like that yeah there's some very cinematic scenes which are just beautiful definitely like i would get prints of them on my wall yeah mm. they put some of that stuff online well the things that i'm fascinated with at least they put like some of the character models and some of the art that they do to go into the actual show like there's mm -hmm. an uh yet to be named bad guy that we see at the end of this episode and online they show the creation of that bad guy and it's so cool just seeing how they construct you know the armor and the uh, we'll talk about it later but yeah. i, I yeah. completely agree with what you just said yeah like all I can say is yeah, because I want so much artwork on my wall, and my wife, like my wife, makes me only have two Star Wars things on the wall, which is they're, so they're they're constantly rotating what they are. Because I'm like, well, the, look at this one I just got, so I have to decide what two things I'm going. So right now I have a uh, one of my favorite artists drew a picture for me of Ahsoka and Count Dooku, and so that's on my wall. Oh, nice. So is she not a Star Wars fan? She really like. Do you know what she really? She's like, she really likes the new movies. So she's really into Force Awakens, and she oh, okay. loved the Last Jedi. But I can't get her through the original trilogy or the prequels at all. Oh, um, before yeah, before you're dating, she don't. I don't. I don't think she had even seen a Star Wars movie. But she wow. like really liked the Last Jedi. Um, because I made nice. her go see it with me. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's uh, interesting to have that perspective, like, in your household where it's like, <laughs> no, she's like, oh, God, are you playing Battlefront again? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> I know. I tried to hang one picture of Jabba the Hutt and Princess Leia's slave Le Leia bikini. No, Maddie you didn't. just freaked out. Oh, okay, that's a joke. I was <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to draw that. <laughs> you, what are, you, are, you, are you 17? <laughs> Um, so they end up stealing the transport and mm -hmm. they are back on the ghost and they are trying to figure out what the frick to do about Kanan. Mm -hmm. So they decide they were like, <laughs> it's kind of, it's another one of those sitcom moments that we like where Hera says something yep. along the lines of like, too bad you blew up all those TIE fighters. They're like, well, yeah. The transport you stole will get us close to the fleet over Mustafar. We know they have Kanan on Tarkin's Star Destroyer. It's surrounded by a bunch of other Star Destroyers. Uh, lots more. We'll need a distraction to cover our entry. Sabine? Engine room's here. All the power for the ship. If we could get inside the docking bay, I could rig something. Black them out. But our transport ship's not gonna fit in there. We need something small enough to get into that hangar bay. <sighs> Too bad we blew up all the ties at that base. Well, uh, there is one left, but it's not at the base. Uh-uh. So we finally know what Sabine and Ezra were up to and at the beginning of Path of the Jedi, that other was, than making out. That was a long time ago. I, I In a galaxy far away. It was. Um, <laughs> it, it's amazing that this is, you know, this isn't just a kid's show, but a lot of kids watch that show. And so that to have that kind of memory recall, like, mm -hmm. hey, do you remember eight episodes ago when they said they blew up the TIE fighter, they didn't like, there's no way a kid is like, I mean, they don't have to buy into it anyways, yeah. but there's no way they're like, Oh yeah. I remember that from eight episodes ago. Yep. Yeah. So they reveal to mom Hera that they didn't actually blow up the TIE fighter that they got during fighter flight. And during path of the Jedi, yeah. Sabine was painting it 
Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about this paint job? I love it. Okay, let me tell you. Uh, Ties are my favorite ships oh, in the Star Wars universe. Like I'm obsessed with them. Just like the standard so, the standard tie. Yeah, okay. I just oh, I just love all of them. But if you yeah, had when, to pick a favorite tie, tie that, what would your favorite if tie? If I had be? to pick a favorite Oh. Oh man. That's like asking like <laughs> favorite kid or something. Yeah, so it's super oh, easy to answer. <laughs> I don't know. I I guess I would probably maybe say the original tie. Nice. Okay. But I really love all of them. Mm-hmm. Um so anyways, yeah, when when the tie that Sabine gave her special touch to was revealed, I got super excited. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought it was just so cool. Like obviously I was like, okay, well that's not that's gonna stand out a bit, but mm-hmm. I still really liked it and I wish we got to see more of it. Yeah. In action. Yeah, I I really like it when it like when it will get to the scene where it enters into the imperial ship. But I I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty freaking cool. It's like su- it's such a rebel. Yeah. A, a yeah. rebel. I'm surprised they never ship. made a toy of it. Yeah. So, like not even like a model kit or just anything for action figures. Have you ever been so cool? Seen or played the game, the tabletop game, X Wing. I've seen it. I've never played it. It's an intense game. It's it. an, yeah. our, our buddy Joey plays it. Joey, if you're listening, you're a freaking nerd. <laughs> um, he, he, he plays it like crazy and it's so intense. So I saw a video. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the dude from Star Trek played Wesley. Oh, was, oh, was, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Friends with Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, his name? Uh, he was on the Big Bang Theory too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, Will. Oh, Will, will something oh, and this can make us look smart and it's like <laughs> such not a, a good point but i'm just i can't move on until i know this guy's name it's not a good point. is it will wheaton yes will wheaton thank you yeah. okay so i watched an episode of this youtube show that will wheaton hosts uh called mm-hmm. tabletop where him and seth green played x-wing oh, I love seth and green. it inspired i was like i'm buying this game and so i went out and bought the starter set for it but I realized I don't have anyone to play with. So <laughs> oh, I've never played it. That's the status. That is such a Michael Scott moment. I know. But my point <laughs> is that game, you can buy all these different ships to play with. And Sabine's TIE Fighter is one of the ships you can play That's with. What? It's so cool. Stop. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen anything. <gasps> yeah. I think Joey has that ship. Oh my That's gosh. I learned about it. All right. Well, now I'm going to. So, that is so cool. Yeah, you can just buy the ship too. You don't even need it for the game. It's just a little miniature. You can have it. Oh, in your wait, house. I wonder if it's like on eBay. Probably. <laughs> uh, I just have it at like whatever your local game shop is. Shop local yeah. people. I only thought of eBay because yesterday, this is really random. You know how they have like the Lego sets with the porgs? Uh, they come yeah. with like the little mini porgs. Mm-hmm. Oh, they yeah. sell them separately on eBay for like $12 to $15. Ooh, hot tip. Yeah, my friend was telling me about that. I'm like, ooh, like nice. if you don't want to spend. 100 or whatever because <laughs> you really just want the porg yeah. i want to get a pack of like 100 porgs and just put them all over every lego set <laughs> like in- or just, just put them all over your house so, yeah. you, so your wife just, just hide them nuts. everywhere <laughs> your wife that would be amazing <laughs> oh my gosh do you, do you know what's funny this is totally off topic every time i say my wife to anyone do you know what the first thing they say is my wife. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. That's like the <laughs> standard, like the, bo- that's the bro, an- bro joke. It's the boat. Yeah, they immediately go to Borat and my wife, yeah. and I'm like, dude. <laughs> In all fairness, I've been resisting saying it this whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so they decide with this TIE fighter, they're going to load it up with EMPs. Yep. And they are going to try to disable Will Huff Tarkin's ship, which is called the Sovereign. Yeah. And that will allow them to get on the ship. That's a good name for a ship. There's been a lot of weird yeah. ship names this season, but I'm okay with the Sovereign. Yeah, I think it's cool. Um, so we're getting to Mustafar. Yeah. Will Huff which and is Co. Amazing. Yeah, which is so amazing. Mustafar is in this. Yeah. Speaking of cinematic, like visuals, that oh shot gosh. of all the Star that Destroyers shot. and you just see like the outline of the blood red planet <laughs> is yeah. so cool. It's brutal. Yeah. You just can tell that is a bad place. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. Will Huff and Co. Trademark. Want Kanan to give up information on the identity of Fulcrum and the location of other rebel cells. Yeah. Quite admirable. And what I want to know is about the other rebels. Codename Fulcrum. I know nothing of a larger rebellion. And if I did, I'd rather give my life than tell you. So heroic. Okay, I'm going to call him out. I'm going to jump to the thing when... The, the Inquisitor is like taunting Kanan <laughs> and he asks about the death of his master, Depa Balaba. Oh and he said, what was the last thing she said to you? And Kanan says, run. Tell me, Jedi, how did you survive Order 66? Hmm? It was your master, Balaba, who laid down her life for yours. Do you remember her last word to you? Her last and final breath before she died? You do, don't you? You see it in your sleep. You'll hear her voice when you wake. Tell me, Jedi, what was her last word to you? Run. Okay, so I did some research. That's not true. (laughs) Really? Because I have the comics and I remember rewatching this. And when he said that, I was like, that's not the last thing she said. So I was like, I went into my comic book collection and flipped out like in a like in a total fit, like that's not the last thing she says. And I looked for it. And the last thing that she says to Kanan is actually go. I'll be right behind you, which is much more poetic Uh, and like, I don't know, sentimental. Like that's, that's much more to me, like graceful than run. It's like, go, I'll be right behind you. So wait a minute. The comic came after the episode, right? Yes. I don't, yeah, I don't know. So, but the comics which are, are we supposed to go after? Because the comics are canon. Oh, no. Well, I think, so I think, yeah, so I think, uh, I think Kanan is just remembering it. You know, memory is a fickle mm-hmm. thing. So maybe it's like he was just remembering the sentiment of what she said and not her actual words. Mm-hmm. Because essentially that's run, right? Like, go, I'll be right behind you. But I just think, go, oh, I'll, I'll be right behind you has much more of like a, I don't know. Come, like if those, those are better last yeah. words. Like it's almost, almost like an I'll always be with you kind of thing. Yeah. Plus like, I feel like in that moment he would go, but if she were to just say run, I feel like he would be hesitant. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I liked this moment because I like to imagine like what would have Canon, what, should Kanan have said like to be defiant it's like what were the last words your master said to you mm-hmm. he's like i'll try mm-hmm. spinning that's a good trick <laughs> <laughs> or like okie day 
when I was um, rewatching this episode, I was also reminded that I think just recently um, somebody said on Twitter that we're going to learn more about Kenan's past in the final season. That was me. I broke some was that news. You? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, Freddie Prince Jr. was on a podcast, a basketball oh, podcast okay. of all things, and he just started re- going off oh, on uh, on um, <laughs> Rebels, and he said in the upcoming season, we will find out more about where Kanan came from, and it is not where you expect. Hmm. That's exciting. It is exciting. So he said this on Very a basketball podcast, so literally no one cared but you. <laughs> yeah. Because you're the only person who likes <laughs> basketball and Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's a great podcast, so it's basically, it's a basketball podcast, but they just took an episode to talk about The Last Jedi with Freddie Prince that's Jr. so weird. The world is awesome now. That's the, that's the world's smallest Venn diagram crossover. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shout out to Leverage the Chat. Right. Check it out. Um, um, oh, plus it, I'm at the same time. Jinx, you owe me a Jinx, you owe me a Jogan. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Jawa <laughs> <laughs> uh, So the next scene we have is the rescue. We have the plan. We've seen where Kanan is, and so now the we the ha- we have to see the crew get successfully into the Star Destroyer. And um, when so when Sabine's painted Tie Fighter comes in <laughs> to the to the Sovereign. This, or is that, yeah, that's a sovereign. Yeah, and it lands. Um, here's a here's one of those instances of these stormtroopers just being lovely people. <laughs> and one of them, one of the guys stormtroopers says, "Hey, that's not regulation." And the other one says, "You you know, what? I kind of like it." <laughs> and then, bam, it explodes and they die. <laughs> I know that was, that's the saddest thing. I was like, oh, that guy was probably pretty nice. He really liked. Art. He really appreciated Sabine's art. That's not regulation. I kind of like it. They're here. (laughs) I also have the other thing I like about the TIE Fighter that we didn't mention is that I like, you get the impression that like she, they kept the TIE Fighter not for any usage or not to joyride or anything. It's just like Sabine is just so into her art that mm-hmm. this was, she said it was her masterpiece and like she was just going to keep it in this canyon and just like admire her work, <laughs> which I think is very, mm-hmm. it's very beautiful in a way. Yeah. And going back to the stormtroopers, mm-hmm. like it just makes you think how some of them are so polite. Like <laughs> some of these people are probably like really very nice genuine people and they believe what they're doing is right yeah it's weird and it makes me go it makes me think of um general hux too because he's so passionate and i think there's a lot of history with him but he believes what he's doing is right it's just interesting to think about how um their perspectives yeah on what they're doing we've brought it up a million times so we won't talk about it too much but have you read the book bloodlines i haven't in my opinion, I think that's probably the best new EU book that's out, and it t- all takes place. It switches back and forth between two different imperial, like students that end up getting into the imperial imperial military. And now, it's really oh, kind of cool. cool to You're see. talking about Lost Stars. Ah, dang it! I always freaking do that. Same author. Same one. author. So Lost <laughs> Stars, not yeah. Bloodlines. Okay. Bloodlines Lost is great Stars. too, but that one, Bloodlines, is about Leia. Lost Stars is about the imperial agents. Yeah, that's my favorite too. And it that's. What you said is exactly true, and that's what I impressed on me so much 
is that not everyone in the empire is bad. Yeah. They just come mm-hmm. from different places where they might not know better or they're not seeing the totality of all the bad things that are happening or they just generally think this is the best way to make their galaxy safer. Um, which I think is some really interesting nuance that they've added into the Star Wars it, canon. It, it is. And it is very nuanced ethics, which is interesting. And I mean, it brings up, uh, yeah, it's like the, it's like the question of like, I mean, could, can there be good Nazis? Like <laughs> oh, if the, geez. I mean, it's, I know, I know, I know I'm We're getting ju- deep. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't want to jump to too heavy of like, you know, can they believe they're doing I mean, that's probably a little too extreme of an example. I take that back. But I mean, the, the, I, I, I get what you're trying to mm-hmm. get at, though. Yeah. Good philosophical. Like question. some of these people could be, um, you know, recruited when they're very young and yeah. not know what they're getting into. Totally. And then that's just where they kind of grow yeah. up or maybe some of them are even coerced. I don't really know how it works <laughs> with yeah. the stormtroopers. Yeah, but, they're just searching for a better life. Yeah. Interesting. What if that stormtrooper was yeah. like, "That's not regulation," and he goes, "I kind of like it. I can't wait to show my kids this." Oh god, like, <laughs> no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. Oh my gosh, that's another thing. Like, do they have families, or are they just? All... I don't think they're supposed to. Are they like nuns? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know either. Actually, that's a good. good I mean, a good point. Um, I I know like clone troopers couldn't. Because I remember in episodes of Clone Wars, like that being a thing. Um, okay. But I don't know about these. These aren't clone troopers, though. So who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So moving on to what's happening next. Uh, our, our pal Will Huff planned in case of emergency that stormtroopers from the adjacent Star Destroyers mm-hmm. can come onto the Sovereign and board. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Like they didn't have enough help on this massive effing city of a ship that they had to get more stormtroopers from the other ships to come help. So like 30 stormtroopers fly over. Yeah. Well, still they... a pretty small number for like a star destroyer is huge, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the size of this. I don't know it. Well, so we see, and I didn't really get this, but I think it's just you suspend your disbelief that they, the, the EMP goes off and obviously all the power is knocked out. All the electricity goes haywire but the other thing it does is it scrambles like the stormtroopers and they all get knocked out Mm -hmm. i wonder if it's like the electronics in their helmet are fried so it just like knocks them out and so they mention they're they're going to be out for a while but not that long so they think they have this window but will have things a couple steps forward and the sovereign's surrounded by a bunch of other stormtroopers so if they don't check in then they automatically send a contingent of troops over. I just want to take a second and say that I love that we call Will Huff Tarkin by his first name. <laughs> um, because typically in grammar, you call someone by their last name. Like when you're talking about Shakespeare, you say like Shakespeare wrote, you don't say like, yeah, Bill's play on uh <laughs> so I'm sticking with Will Huff. I cannot stand that name though. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> Will Huff. It's just so weird. It sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it's totally a Pokemon. <laughs> it is. I'm naming my firstborn Will Huff. If it's a boy, Will Huff. If it's a girl, Shmi. Ooh, nice. <sighs> um, so the stormtroopers board. Ezra seals the doors as they're running. Uh, seals it with his lightsaber, and they're like, "Oh, good job." And he to get access to Kanan because they've sealed off their only way to him. 
back to the first three episodes, what is the solution? The air vents. Ezra mm-hmm. has to climb through the air vents to rescue Kanan. This happens so much in this show where the, <laughs> the answer to the problem is air vents. And I'm going to say it again. The Empire really needs to start sealing those things up tighter. Yeah, like, don't they learn? Yeah, like, I, do they not know? Like, I don't know. I, seriously. They're not, they're, yeah, they're not learning. No. Um. So, Chopper is on the getaway ship and he sent, he sees the reinforcements come. He thinks there might be some trouble brewing. So, he calls in a little help from Fulcrum. Yep, who we still don't know who when it Chopper's is. Chopper's in charge, he gets stuff done. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love when he's in charge. Oh, he gets stuff done, and he's not afraid to murder a couple people along the way. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh, he's my favorite. I want him. He's brutal. <laughs> so Ezra is climbing, 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 and he is able to find Kanan's cell and pull he, him out. Easily free him, by the way. Easily. Like that little restraining strap. <laughs> he like barely touches and it opens. I know. Like, yeah. did he use the force? Like, like, I was like, wait. They don't lock those things? I don't know. I'm so confused. I know. He gets out really easy. But what funny yeah. if he does that and Whatever. Kano's like, oh, I should have thought of that. Just touch yeah. him. <laughs> or like, use the force yeah. to push it. Like, those are, are those, f- I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed too easy. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm okay with it. I'm going to overlook it. Um, and then, okay, I really love this scene. Here comes, um, one of my favorite scenes in this episode. You see the rest of the crew running through the ship and they run up to this uh, elevator, like Hera and the rest and the elevator opens and there are three stormtroopers inside and Hera, like without hesitation, bam, 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 just shoots all three of them. Right. And they all like point, point blank execution. And all I could think about was. What if they were, those were off-duty stormtroopers who were like, hey, let's head to the rec room, play some pool. Or like, hey, you want to go to the canteen and get a drink? And the elevator door opens hey, and it's I'm just Hera. Hey, I'm going to my kids. And it, hey, man, you're going back to the kids thing. Yeah, but she just or what like, if it were like Kenan and Ezra because they've been in disguise. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. That was, yeah, totally. I feel like they do that a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah, Probably. you're right. Like, but zero hesitation just bam 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 yeah and i was like oh my god that was so brutal um so ezra and kanan end up in the reactor core room where they are confronted by the grand inquisitor it is a theatrical stage it's the perfect stage for a lightsaber battle Mm -hmm. i mean the music totally has like a jewel of the fates vibe yeah it does that just me no you're totally right Good. It's got like that. Yeah, it's like it's almost like it has it like pulses a little bit, and there's like all mm-hmm. these kind of. Uh, it's like sped up. Yeah, a bit. it's cool. Yeah, it is great music. Um, where have we seen a? F- I mean, I feel like this this setting reminds me quite a bit of the setting where Naboo showdown was technically in a reactor room. Okay, but where there's like kind of two levels, where who are Anakin and Obi Wan fighting on two different levels? Is that Maul or was that uh, Grievous? That was Maul, I thought. Okay, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Um, Qui Gon and uh, oh, yeah. Qui Gon. Okay, yeah, yeah, and remember, like Obi Wan gets knocked down lower, just like yes, Ezra does, yes, and then yes. he like does the yeah. force jump to get okay. up to him. So this looks a lot like that, and feels totally. in mm-hmm. like Jen reporting out the music is even fairly similar so yeah yep and oh my gosh um when it showed ezra 
finally because he falls you don't know if he made it or not yeah. at that point <laughs> i mean we do because yeah. let's be honest um <laughs> but his scars yep. i was like oh my gosh that's how he yeah. got his scars like i yeah. totally forgot yeah this whole time you know like especially with this last season i was looking at the scars i'm like i do not remember yeah him totally. getting those. no i didn't i uh, yeah i remember he had scars and I had no idea where he got them from yeah so that was really cool <laughs> i like when i forget things i mean i don't but like in star wars yeah because you can never have that feeling again watching it but with this it was really cool because i had i had no idea yeah you're like oh kanan could see it at one point yeah yeah we yeah, even was... um on our season one artwork that we made mike made i should say um mm -hmm. it's season one ezra but has the scars on it because I think we're just so used to seeing yeah. Ezra with the scars that I kind of forgot that he didn't have them until the last episode. Yeah. And you know what is so funny? Until this very moment, because while recording, I see your logo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out what those marks were this entire time because I thought it was Kylo. <laughs> and I'm so stupid. Why would it be Kylo? And oh I'm like, gosh. oh my gosh, it's Ezra. I've heard that before too, actually. That's people amazing. think it looks like Kylo, but yeah. 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 I guess, yeah. So good job, it, Mike. You screwed that, I, that up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because even the hairline and the nose, it's not Kylo. Yeah. I just assumed it was. I don't know. That doesn't make sense, though. Technically speaking, though, he did get those scars in season one. Oh so yeah it's in our jurisdiction we're fine we're cool <laughs> yeah it's uh, in our mandate it's implied in our mandate <laughs> <laughs> um so kanan's lightsaber has been confiscated by the inquisitor and so he borrows ezra's <laughs> staple gun to face the inquisitor yeah um and uses and, it well yeah i thought this fight yeah. was staged so well yeah because i hate that lightsaber but i think the use of it here is quite nice yeah that's exactly what i thought because even one of, ezra's like why didn't i think of that yeah yeah and the other lightsaber you hate is the inquisitor's spinning lightsaber yeah but i feel like this was actually used and they really used it well. well yeah you know this is a great mm -hmm. yeah it yeah. made me like both of them yeah more because like what's your one complaint about the spinning lightsaber i just don't know how you would practically <laughs> use it yeah I feel like if it's as long as you're not flying with it um <laughs> oh my okay. gosh, oh god yeah yeah, I just because I, I still don't like that. <laughs> no, I, I actually now that you said that because I've never thought about that. Now I want to see like a spin-off movie where it's like Kiki's delivery service, but it's like the Inquisitor's delivery <laughs> service, and he like <laughs> like flies on his oh, little gosh. lightsaber. Come on, that sounds adorable, right? Oh. <laughs> um. So as we mentioned, Ezra sees the lightsaber on the inquisitor's belt Kanan's lightsaber he uses the force to grab it off the belt and he joins the fight mm -hmm. and poorly joins the fight yeah. but he joins it very quickly he is knocked off that ledge a la obi-wan which he's 15 so i'm fine with that he's yeah. still learning how to fight the inquisitor <laughs> throws it like a death blade death frisbee at oh, his face so brutal and knocks him off and Kanan thinks that his padawan is dead have no one left to die for you. No. Because I have nothing left to fear. And I like the way I like Kanan's reaction um, that this, you know, he's, he tells him like, that was a mistake. Yeah, I want to dig into this for a second. Hold on, I have to dig into something very big here. Oh gosh. <laughs> Any time in my life when I hear anybody say that's a mistake or that was a mistake, I 
and I feel so ashamed about this, automatically jump to a line in uh, that movie, Ladies Man. <laughs> Do you remember this movie? I have not seen that. Oh, I remember it being a movie, but I don't remember what's, it. Oh, what's but it? Tim what's Meadows? It? Yeah, Tim Meadows. And uh, someone in that movie says, this very large male prostitute and says like, Someone says, ooh, this was a mistake. And he goes, did somebody say steak? <laughs> you don't like my hair, do you? I think there's been a mistake. Did you say steak? No, mistake. Oh, see, now you got me all excited. Oh, it's my stupid. God. Don't watch it. It's, uh, or maybe actually, oh or maybe actually watch it. So God. now anytime someone says that's a mistake, I go, did somebody say steak? <laughs> so insert, insert that clip here, Peter. Thank you. <laughs> a little too, Ralph. Yep, there it is. Uh, <laughs> That's what I wanted to dig into. <laughs> okay, now you go. I think that was better than what I wanted to dig into. Um, so one of the things I think is really interesting here is so he sees that Ezra may be dead and he kind mm-hmm. of slumps his shoulders and closes his eyes and is like a and like he he very easily could have gone Luke or Kylo or something like that, and he makes the decision instead of being afraid and angry and using his anger to defeat the inquisitor he makes a decision that i have nothing to be afraid of anymore yeah so i'm going to embrace that side of the force and i'm going to not live with fear anymore and it unleashes his power yeah because at up until this point he was always like proficient but kind of got his butt kicked every single time he went up against the inquisitor and now he's doing crazy flips and like handstands and yeah. really cool lightsaber stuff. And so I think this was a defining moment where he really could have gone dark, but it kind of solidified his status as a Jedi. And I like to think like if Yoda was in contact with him, you know, Kanan never passed the trials. He never completed his training, but I think this is kind of his trial by mm. default, you know? You, it's kind of like in Last Jedi, Yoda says, Ray has everything she needs. You know, as, uh, Kanan has everything he needs. Now he's accepted his status. And now from this point on, yeah. he, I think I can confidently think of him as a Jedi and he confidently thinks of himself as a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think this is definitely, I think Kanan this whole episode, this whole season has been looking for himself and mm-hmm. questioning his place as a Jedi or as a teacher and yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you've nailed it on the head. This mm-hmm. is the turning point for him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a cool thing. And I think we'll notice a difference in Kanan going forward. Um, I have to say, I love that the Inquisitor, like during this fight, there's this one scene where he like right before the end, he like jumps backwards and spins his saber, like turns like does his like little twirly saber thing and it just looks really visually cool Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah i just remember this fight scene having a couple moments of yeah just total awe yep i found it really weird that he like let go the inquisitor so i have a question about this actually this is weird to me i'm glad you brought that up so kanan basically destroys the grand inquisitor he he cuts the lightsaber in half and knocks the Inquisitor off of the ledge. The broken lightsaber parts go into the reactor core and start a chain reaction, and the Inquisitor is hanging off the ledge. And he says something very interesting to me, where oh. 
Kanan mm-hmm. is looking at him. He's doing kind of that like scissor thing that Anakin yeah, exactly. did before he ex- executed Dooku. Oh, but d- he turns off his lightsaber, giving uh, maybe saying like, I don't have to kill you. Just give up or come with me or whatever. We'll capture you. And the Inquisitor says there are some things far worse than death. And then yeah. let's go. I have no idea what you've unleashed here today. There are some things far more frightening than death. I know. And he was so confident in saying that, too. Like, what does that mean? I think, yeah, I, I, to me, this was like twofold. It was, I think it was a clever writing move because, for one, you don't really want to tarnish the morality of one of your main characters, especially in a kid show. Like you, I think that would be taking it to a gray area to show Kanan like just defeating so brutally, like your, your main uh, antagonist. But then I think one of the things the inquisitor is saying, and I think we know that Lucas loves samurai and that Filoni is like, pays a lot of homage to that, to Samurai, to Lucas's inspirations. And I feel like part of that was the Inquisitor was so searching for like a worthy battle. And even in this fight early on, he says like, oh, now this is when when Ezra enters, he says, oh, this is a battle worth fighting now. Um, And I think he like, this is him like accepting his defeat in a way. It's like maybe what's worse than death for him is living his life and like knowing that he's been defeated. It's almost like Inigo Montoya and the princess bride. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it, it feels like he, he didn't, he does not know worth what there's going to be worth living for. If he's not the best, like he's been looking for a challenge and this is almost like him accepting that defeat. Like, okay, I was bested. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live with that, which is some, deep psychology that I don't know was intentional, but that's what I was taking. Yeah. I like that's that. That's interesting. Um, yeah. My interpretation of it is similar, but I thought when he said there are things far worse than death, yeah, he might be speaking of a specific person like facing that, Vader. Yeah. Oh, that's what tr- I thought. I was going to try to like, you know, save keep the powder for a big reveal, but Darth yes. Vader's at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so I, he might be referring yeah. to Darth Vader specifically. He's I like, think that's you, the obvious because he said something about like you don't know what you've unleashed or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it was honorable, but it may have also been like I don't want to face Darth Vader either. I failed, so he's just going to kill himself because yeah. he's like I don't want to get force choked or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know how many people he's choked before the Inquisitor became the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> like, how many Grand Inquisitors have been choked? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. I think that's a good assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kanan is relieved to find that Ezra is alive. They mm-hmm. reunite, and it feels so good, mm-hmm. with the crew, and they escape the Sovereign before it is destroyed. And, K- and Ezra makes a too soon joke where he's like, let's just take the Inquisitor's tie. Um, he's not going to use it anyways, right? And I was like, damn, too soon. That's like making a, that's like making a 9-11 joke on 9-12. Oh my God. Was <laughs> that too soon? No, no. I was saying it would be too soon. I just don't know if you want to equivocate our, this cartoon <laughs> character dying to 9-11. No, 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 no. I guess that was bad. I guess that was bad. <laughs> that's really bad. 
your fiction. I'm not going to. I'm not going to cut this out. No. no, please cut that out. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Please cut that out. Oh my I, gosh, I'm dying. I was trying to say. I was trying to say. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I sound like such an asshole. <laughs> all right, I, and I just swore, so cut all this out. Okay. All right, it's okay. Basically, I like, I it's like, like where you're going. It'll with this, be but, like if you guys create like a Patreon, you can put like yeah. unedited. Oh, oh, Here's man. all the times that Mike offended people. Okay, it's like yeah. okay. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna save this all for black no, 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 no. Don't. It's like okay. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna save myself. It's. It, Ezra made a joke that was too soon, and I think he was, in, in, as a really sensitive person, I think that was insensitive. <laughs> you joker. <sighs> I'm a terrible person. Kid, you worry me sometimes. Are there really people, though, who make jokes about 9-11? I don't, uh, yeah, for sure there are. Oh, uh, like the internet. The internet's people. a dark place. Yeah, it is a dark place. Jeez, that's why I pretty much stay in like the Star Wars fan zones. Mm-hmm. That could get dark too. If they can get yes, dark, I'm just gonna say it <laughs> can get real dark. It's been getting while, real yeah. dark after the Last Jedi, and I, I'm like, what have we become, guys? <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. Um. So, um, the crew goes back to get Sabine's Tie Fighter. Which is so cute, um, and Kanan. Wait, and how did I miss that? Sabine's Tie Fighter didn't explode. No, it was just like an EMP. No, there was an amazing chase scene. Oh yeah. my gosh, and where was like, I? It's still. Yeah, you're right. It is still around. I've seen it. In, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's another good mom Hera thing where they're like running down, and she's yeah. like, like Sabine's like, yeah, we'll go to level five or whatever, and Sabine's like, oh, where your masterpiece is. <laughs> <laughs> that was an undue dig. I was yeah. like, why are you digging into her well, for that? Well, it doesn't make sense because later on they're escaping and like Zeb's like, oh, we had to pick the one TIE fighter that like looks like <laughs> like, if we, like if you're trying to escape, why would you get the one that's highlighted bright orange? <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, but the color doesn't matter in space. It's going to be picked up on your radar far before you recognize it. Right. Fair. So why would the color mm. make a difference? Yeah. Like it's bright, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really bright. Yeah. I don't know. I just they really do don't. have windows in space. <laughs> no, they don't. That's a, that's a myth. There's no windows in space. <laughs> There's no windows. <laughs> they just hold their breath. It's all open. It's all open. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Um, so Kanan and Ezra are in the Inquisitor's Tie Fighter, um, mm-hmm. and they meet up with the Bright. TIE fighter and they realize that the ghost is no longer there. Mm. Chopper took off. We got your back. Thanks, but without Chopper's transport we're going nowhere fast. We got TIEs closing in. How many? Too many! And so they are facing an overwhelming force of all the remaining Star Destroyers because the Sovereign is falling apart. And TIE Fighters. So I hit pause on this scene <laughs> and I counted all the TIE Fighters no. in a shot. Oh. Yeah. How many That's, were there? So there was 34 TIEs in this one moment Whoa. all shooting at them. So they're really bad shots. Because <laughs> I'm just, if 35 ships are shooting at you, one of them's gotta. Yeah. I know. I don't know. They're, maybe they're just that good though. I Hera love is very like good. a lot of TIE Fighters. It looks yeah. so cool. Yeah. It's like a bunch like of a ants. Swarm exactly. I was about to say yeah. swarm of bees. Did mm-hmm. both of you see that Pablo Hidalgo officially said that Hera is a better pilot than Poe Dameron? 
Oh, really? I yep. didn't. That, and then, the, then that fly boy. Yep. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, uh, well, maybe I, that's why they would have 34 times. I feel like that's pretty equal. Times. Yeah. I think they, he said it was a hard thing. They're pretty equal, but he would give the edge yeah. to Hera. I like, I like that. Yeah, me too. I like that. I want, I like Hera better than Poe Dameron, so. Mm-hmm. Um, she's less dreamy though. Mm. <laughs> mm, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the last second though, Chopper returns in the transport, followed by the ghost and three Corellian Corvettes. I love those ships. Yeah. So I have a question here. Mm-hmm. Did Chopper take off to rendezvous with Fulcrum, which we assume that's what's happening because that's who he was talking to earlier. And then they just like switch ships. He's just like, burr, 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 burr. I want to fly that ship. <laughs> and they just like <laughs> switch ships for some reason. Because we find out later that Fulcrum is flying the ghost. I think he picked up. I think he picked up Fulcrum. But then he went to the other transport because he's flying the Imperial transport they stole. Well, they're attached. <sighs> yeah, right? I'm confused. I think the ghost I, and the Imperial transport are like linked together when they arrive. Huh. I thought they weren't at this point, hmm. but I might be wrong. I love Ken is told that they have to evacuate. He just seems to kind of ponder the thought <laughs> oh, and it's yeah. like a great nod to a new hope because he's just like kind of like very confident where he's yeah. at. Like he's thinking they don't need to. Totally. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I like to um, how cool and collected he is under pressure. Yeah. Um, most other Imperial officers we see would just be like, get me my ship. Oh my gosh. How did you screw this up so much? Oh, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, like freaking out. Yeah, totally. Is that yeah. pensive look you mentioned? It's just like, mm-hmm. <sighs> and then just like goes, he doesn't even say anything. Just goes back here. Which is so, so fitting to his character. Cause that's how he looks right before the Death Star explodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I love that. Like he's like thinking about like, Hmm, what's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so on the blockade runners, you will see that there are some blue markings on it. And uh, if you're playing the Rebels Rebels drinking game, these markings were inspired by a Ralph McQuarrie sketch. Mm-hmm. These markings were originally on a sketch of A wings that he made. Hmm. Okay. Yep. So they love putting that stuff in. Thanks, Ralph. Yep. Um, so we are back. On the ghost or the transport, one of the two, I don't remember. Um, they make a getaway and they all get out and they see that Chopper is flying the transport. So they say, Who's who's flying the ghost? And then right in that moment they receive a message from their old friend Bail Organa. Yeah, and take another shot. Um, these rebel officers that we see are wearing uniforms we don't see any other time. And these are mm-hmm. uniforms that were inspired by original Ralph McQuarrie illustrations for the first movie. Yeah. Um, what do you guys feel about Bail Organa being back again? I f- was he? Was it? Ne- I don't know. I like Bail Organa, so I'm I'm good with it. Yeah, yeah I like it too. Um, okay. Because it, I think it yeah. thematically works really well with the yeah. fact that they are discovering that they are a rebel cell. And that mm-hmm. Bail Organa yeah. okay. is leading another rebel cell. And the theme going forward is how do you bring all these cells together? His name is Senator Bail Organa. And the crews of the blockade runners? Members of other rebel cells. There are a 
other cells. We're a cell? Wait, did you know we were a cell? Um, no. We weren't supposed to meet. That way, if captured, we couldn't reveal the other rebels to the Empire. And I like Ezra's little thing. He's like, wait, we're a cell? Did you know we're a cell? Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And then we get the big reveal. That was the protocol. The protocol has changed. Fulcrum. Ahsoka. My name is Ahsoka Tano. Yep. Now, when you guys first saw this, yeah. did you already know it was Ahsoka? I did. I me did. Too. It was ruined for and me. And I'm mad. Oh, it was, it was ruined, ruined for, for you? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know when it was ruined, but I know it was officially ruined before I saw this episode. Yeah. Because I was watching some behind the scenes stuff and they said that a bunch of people guessed it. Mm -hmm. I was completely blown away. I had no idea this is who it was. That's amazing. And I remember, oh my gosh, it was so good. I would have jumped in my seat. Yeah. I thought for sure it was Princess Leia and then it got oh. ruined for me like maybe two or three episodes before and I was like, Bummer. oh man. And I love this reveal because... Yeah. I'm a big Clone Wars fan and I love Ahsoka. So Thank this was, you. and seeing like her like matured and like grown up was, mm -hmm. oh, it's amazing. Yeah. There are like people, yeah. yeah, it is. There are some times when I do this because I'm a crazy person, mm -hmm. like by myself, where <laughs> I remember watching it. I think I was in college. So I was watching by myself in my dorm room. It wasn't that and long ago. Was it? 2014. No, I, I was graduated by then. Whatever I was doing, I was by myself. <laughs> thank God. Um, but uh, I like you go down and you see her legs coming down the stair, like the thing. And I instantly figured out who it was. And I literally jumped up by myself and go, yes, like to myself. <laughs> and then I like look that around to so make sure cool. no one saw me. <laughs> Oh and even like I knew it was coming, but I'm like, I'm, I'm getting a little sensitive in my older age. Um, as I got a little like, I got a little teary eyed when I saw it, oh, even yeah. though I knew it was coming like this time, like just watching it yesterday. Oh, yeah. I was like on the bus coming us? home. The older we get more. Because we're facing death. <laughs> yeah. we're facing, oh my gosh, that's so depressing. <laughs> yeah, rebels, rebels, where you come to learn about good Nazis and. <laughs> Or mortality. <laughs> oh man! But it's true. No, even just yeah, like you said, watching it yesterday, like getting ready for this, it was like yeah, I got emotional. I was like, it's yeah. so wonderful. Okay, the season two finale, I bawled. Ooh, I was crying, yeah. and I was like, I just had no control of myself. I like started laughing and crying at the same time, which <laughs> that's that pretty difficult. Oh, that's yeah. that's awesome. We, we might have to like, have you back on for the season two finale then. Oh my gosh, I am there. We will talk the crap out of that episode. Yeah, we'll try to make you cry on air. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so as we mentioned, Ahsoka Tano, for those of you who don't know, who aren't Clone Wars heads. Which I could see. I could yeah. see this being a disappointing reveal if you're not a Clone Wars fan. That is an interesting point. Um, because a lot of Rebels did have a lot of new fans. It, yeah. Um, especially younger. I would say for those of us who are older, this we will pro most likely watched Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. um, but I can see this being disappointing. You're like, I don't know who that is. Yep. She looks neat, but I yep. don't know who she is. We'll, we'll dive a little deeper into her backstory at the end of this episode, but for those of you who don't know, Ahsoka Tano was Anakin Skywalker's Padawan during the Clone Wars, yeah. and she left the Jedi Order before finishing her trials 
for yeah. various reasons. Um, but and I love seeing the, her And she's up. got the coolest lightsabers out of any Jedi. Seriously. These are my favorite lightsabers. She's so... Ever. Oh, everything about her. She's just amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dave Filoni says that not only the lightsabers, but the armor she's wearing because she has kind of like a new breastplate armor mm-hmm. were very samurai mm, yeah. inspired yeah. Um, which she doesn't light her lightsabers in this but you can see a behind the scenes video if you don't want to go to season two or you can watch it in season two first of all one is longer she fights with two lightsabers one is longer one is shorter which yeah. is a very samurai thing they used to fight with the long katana and then a short kind of dagger katana yeah. Um, and then also her blades are white, which yeah. I just mm-hmm. think is a dope color. But Dave Filoni also says that that color represents her status as not really being a Jedi. <laughs> it's like white belt. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the exact word he used? He said something about like her allegiance is neutral or something like yeah. that. Mm. So it represents kind of she's just in a very balanced place right now. Mm-hmm. Never heard that. Yep. Um, so back on Lothal, Targon meets with Callus, who mentions that there is insurrection starting up on Lothal because people are perceiving the Empire to be weak and vulnerable after their defeat at Mustafar. Uh, Tarkin then assures Callus that the Emperor has sent an alternative solution to their problem. There are whispers from Mustafa. Some people see the Empire as weak vulnerable. Not to worry, Agent Callus. The Emperor has sent an alternative solution. Oh, it's so good. I love Vader. It is so sick. Oh, and he just it's comes. Vader comes down. It is such a, it's a great ending to the season. I mean, if you thought like, uh, yeah. This gave me goosebumps too. Yeah. Even though I knew it was coming. Yeah. There could not be a better integration into the larger Star Wars universe than bringing in the most iconic figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it, it, it was a win for me. Do you guys, or should I say, does it bother you guys that his helmet looks very different from the films? Does it bother you? No. Turn the question around. Not at all. <laughs> no. It doesn't now. It did bug me when I first saw it. I've gotten used to it, but I think it's just that thing. Like, I don't necessarily think it looks bad. I'm just mm-hmm. so used to seeing it one way. Yeah. That it, it's, it's, what's a good, like, it's like looking at your reflection of water. Like, it's just like a little weird and off mm-hmm. and that's how I, I felt when i looked at it first yeah I, I i like it but the one thing that i don't that i'm still not used to and probably i don't know if i would say i don't like it or that it bugs me but i'm not used to the pointy lightsabers i don't really i'm not a yeah. huge fan mm-hmm. of them but i like yeah. that it's a nod to again macquarie like i think that's really cool yeah but totally. yeah yeah yeah, I the Vader mask, I don't mind. I can't shake like it's kind of more cartoony vibe. Like part of it looks a little Daffy Duck to me. It looks like he's making a like duck face for yeah. himself. Oh really? Oh my gosh. But it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all mm-hmm. and I like that it's a little different. Uh, but I can't it does look a little it just looks mm-hmm. less imposing to me. Mm. 
And, and I agree about this, the lightsabers too. I do like that they, cause they model the lightsaber after the exact effect that Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber did in A New Hope. So I like that it's kind of weak and it's thin. It's not like the big, thick, really solid looking lightsabers that we see later on, but I don't know why it's so thin and pointy. Uh, it's like a rapier. A rapier. Rapier. <laughs> um... So speaking of the presence of Darth Vader, one of the things I thought was interesting from Dave Filoni is he's saying that that was the biggest, one of the other biggest challenges of bringing Vader to an animated screen was capturing the presence that we see in the movies and the presence we saw in the Ralph McQuarrie painting. So one of the tricks he does, which I've never noticed, but I'm going to be looking out for now, is that they always film Vader from below. Mm. And he says it's because you never want anyone to be looking down on him other than the emperor. Hmm. Uh, so all these shots of Vader are like chest height or below, which is very, so weird. <laughs> very interesting. Very yeah. Huh. yeah, it's just a cool little film trick. Um, yeah. And then some other random trivia I found when I was researching this is that it was actually Ralph McQuarrie's idea to give Vader a breathing apparatus. Hmm. He thought it would be a cool thing if they could transfer from ship to ship in space and survive <laughs> space. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, the other thing is the story group was very torn on whether or not to bring Ahsoka into the series, kind of like we mentioned, um, because they felt like it was a very good fit for who Fulcrum was, but they didn't want to pull away from the main characters. Mm. So I mm. didn't notice this, but to throw people off the scent, they had different people voice Fulcrum throughout the first season. Mm. Yeah, so I didn't notice that the voice was different, but that's clever. I can't imagine the series without her that would be insane i know yeah it's such a good addition Mm -hmm. awesome so that is the episode um how we wrap up all our episodes is we we grade them on a scale from our favorite thing in star wars to our or from our least favorite thing in star wars to our most favorite thing in star wars so peter do you want to give an example of what your scale is yeah so my scale is um, from a scale of Jar Jar Binks being farted on by an Eopi and saying, <laughs> Piusa, um, to Luke and Darth Vader's epic fight at the end of Jedi in the Emperor's chamber. I am going to give this Kylo Ren and Rey's epic fight wow. in The Last Jedi okay. in Snoke's chamber. Um Wow. Just epic. because it's it's just, I mean, I'm just getting out of the way. Like that's an A plus to me, mm-hmm. and like there were a couple issues or a couple issues I had in the beginning of this, um, but it just went away when I saw Ahsoka and I saw Darth Vader and I just got all the Star Wars feels. And I just freaking love it. <laughs> yeah. So my scales on a scale of C three PO was created by Anakin Skywalker, which Yusa. Eh, I don't love. Um, to Luke gazing into the twin sunset sunset on Tatooine while John Williams' binary sunset theme plays. It's so magical. I give this episode a Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan, Darth Maul fight uh, because I think it appropriately mirrors the awesome fight scene and the epicness Ooh. of this episode, which for me is an A plus grade translation. Nice. So we're putting you on the spot a little bit, Jen Marie, but 
Mm-hmm. What would your scale be and how would you rate this episode? Okay, so I'm really bad at picking favorites. So the scene that I'm going to mention isn't necessarily Anakin my... Anakin and Padme's wedding. No, no, no. Okay. Are you guys ready for this? Okay. Yes, I am. I'm so excited. On a scale of everything that happens on Canto Bite. Yes, I'm serious. I can't. Mm, I just, yeah, I know. I, I get it. I agree. <laughs> to Darth Vader destroying the rebels on the profundity. Oh. Because that is one. like the best Vader scene. <laughs> um, well, let's see. Okay. I want to give it a B plus. So... Well, I'll give this episode and Anakin and Padme on the balcony during the scene in Revenge of the Sith, which equals to yeah. a B plus. Yeah, right. I like that scene. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I could I could be with that. Um, I was hoping you'd talk about floating space pairs, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't like sand. I think that scene might even be cheesier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. But you're right. As cheesy as it is, and I think yeah, I like it. It's cheesy. Yeah. I like well, it's, it. it's one of the few very humanizing points in the relationship, in my opinion. I mean, I'm sure other people have opinions, but I like that it's just kind of them hanging out in their apartment, <laughs> just being worried about Yeah, and they hadn't the seen each other in a long time, so they're kind of like, yeah. you know, yeah. flirty with each other, and it's just very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So... Yeah. This was fantastic. Thank you for finishing out the season with us. Oh my gosh, I had so much fun. Um, where can the people find you? So my blog is anakinandisangel.com. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm across the stars on Twitter because Anakin and his Angel is too long, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> uh, but everywhere everywhere else, Facebook and Instagram, I'm Anakin and his Angel. Perfect. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you guys. It was a blast. All right. Well, uh, thank you for downloading this episode of Rebels Rebels Pod. The last episode. We're finally done. Finally done. Until, you know, season two, three, four, and then we start doing other things. Um, But I'm getting ahead of myself. You (laughs) know where to hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Rebels Rebels Pod. Email the show at RebelsRebelsPod at gmail.com. And I want to spend a special shout out to the creator of AnakinIsTheAngel.com, Jen Marie. Mm. Check out all of her stuff on Twitter at Across the Stars and Instagram Mm -hmm. and her blog. She just wrote a very, very good blog about bullying in Star Wars fandom and it touched Mm. my heart. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Thanks for writing that. (laughs) Um, I'm not being sarcastic. Why do I always sound like I'm being sarcastic? (laughs) I'm being genuine that I genuinely think that's a good thing to write about. And I don't want you to think I'm joking. (laughs) But I feel like my voice just always sounds like I'm sarcastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in, uh, in the words of Shmi Skywalker, be brave out there, and don't look back. Don't look back. Peace. See ya next season. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.